Hey there, this is uh, Jesse. Just want to say up front, um, I have a thing that allows me to like change my voice and whatnot. And uh, my guest, this this very wonderful uh, lady named Faith, decided to not tell me that my voice changer was on. Uh, so this whole episode was just recorded as if I was a robot. Like, uh, I, I listened to it. You can understand me. So... I'm not going to re-record it. I just want you to know how I'm going to sound. Uh, get my nano swarm box. Uh, please enjoy listening to the terrible life of, of Betty Brandt. Bye. Welcome to Alphabet Fly and Psychopedic Moral Journey, where I go through official and the Marvel Universe with the guests we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.C. Cooper, and with me today is a person who's just, like, doomed to have just a lot of bad stuff happen to them. Faith. Hi, yeah, that's me. Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're talking about, uh, Betty Bradley. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, uh, she doesn't have a great life. Nope. Let's say that. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so her name, I just said it, Betty Bradley. She also looks like a lady. She, you know, she sure is a lady. Yeah, she's, she has, she has black hair. Ooh. Ooh. There she is. Uh, yeah. She looks like a white woman. Yep. Um, she is a, she, our identity is publicly known. She is a secretary. Uh, she's a United she's a citizen of the United States with no criminal record. Her place of birth is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She is widowed. Uh, her known relatives is Bennett Brandt, brother, dead. And Edward Ned Leeds, husband, dead. And uh, she first appeared in Spider-Man issue number four. So, well, let me get that. Uh, I'm going to get that real quick. Come on, come on, come on, get up. She first appeared in... Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man issue number four in September 1963. The Amazing Spider-Man, nothing can stop the Sandman. And I love this cover. We talk about it every once in a while. It's just a real great cover. So it has a little four-panel page on there. So we do have cover piece theater. <laughs> have we done? We've. I feel like we've done this one before. But wait, real, real quick. Sorry, one more moment. We do have Cover Piece Theater. Cover Piece Theater. <laughs> okay, so we have a four-panel comic here, um, which uh, is you know tells a lot of stories. So to set the so we'll, we'll go by panel to panel. So you want to be Sandman? Yeah. Or Spider-Man? Okay. So. We have Spider-Man swinging in. It looks like he's on a bridge of some sort. And uh, Sandman is there saying, Spider-Man? And uh, Spider-Man tries to give him a hug. He's like, now I got you. Wait, what? Surprised? Yeah, and uh, he's getting a bunch of sand poured on him because his fist is caught through sand because he tried to punch Sandman. And but like Sandman refer- reformed. And, uh, and then Spider-Man is just being straddled by... <laughs> Sandman in sand form, uh, 
he's just like, ah, I don't know how to feel about this. And he's like, see why I'm called the Sandman? Yep. Oh my god. Uh, now, uh, how, how can Spider-Man defeat a foe that cannot be injured? Don't you dare miss. Nothing can stop the Sandman. Um, I think we've done this cover before. We definitely have. We did, because uh, I was in the Sandman episode. <laughs> Now I get to yeah. relive it. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, we get to like we talk about we talk about this every once in a while. I don't know why. Oh, I think but a, it's great. Uh, I think a lot of characters are introduced in this issue. The Sandman, Betty Brant. Um, there's probably some more. I'm sure. Well, um, but yeah. So in the first, and let me tell you, the first uh, few episodes of uh, Spider-Man. You can tell they made uh, some pretty good villains, because a lot of them are still Spider-Man villains that are, like, regularly, like, people can name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the one before this introduced Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. Which is my personal favorite one. Uh, same. <laughs> same. Yeah, I know Doc Ock is, yeah. Same, I love Doc Ock. Yeah. Well, um, little is known about, uh, Betty Brand before she dropped out of high school in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. To become a secretary for J. Jonah Jameson, publisher at the of the Daily Bugle, she met freelance photographer Peter Parker, who was secretly the costume crime fighter Spider-Man. How dare they? What? How could that nerd be Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that, but it wasn't there. <laughs> first realized he was attracted to Betty after hearing her defend Spider-Man in an argument with James. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 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 god. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Peter and Betty first grew close during a talk that they had at the Bugle offices where they both were attacked by the criminal vulture, but it was after Betty impressed uh, Peter with her kindness by visiting his ill Aunt May at the hospital that Peter and Betty truly began falling in love with each other. I mean, it's great that anyone uh, would uh, would visit someone like that ill. I mean, like, I mean, can you, have you heard the bars that Aunt May could drop? God damn it. <laughs> How dare you. Betty originally took the secretarial uh, position to help her brother, uh, attorney Baron Brandt, pay back the massive gambling debts he incurred from his client, the criminal Blackie Glaxton, with the help of superhero or superhuman criminal Dr. Octopus. Glaxton uh, kidnapped the Brandt siblings as insurance against anyone preventing him from leaving the country. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty good insurance, that's guess. Yeah, um, actually, Blackson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was, I was trying, trying to find a way to, like, you know, oh, that's stupid. No, no it's actually pretty no, good No, that makes insurance. sense, actually, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glaxon double-crossed by Bennett by refusing to free him of his debts. A fight broke out between them as Spider-Man entered the fray, attempting to rescue the Brants. Spider-Man battled Dr. Octopus in the midst of heated gunfire. Which a stray bullet killed Bennett. Blaming Spider Man for her brother's death, Betty told him that she never wanted to see him again, unaware that he and Peter were the same person. What? 
that nerd was Peter Parker. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Peter Parker and Spider-Man the same one. Like, Ugh. one of them was... What? Not into it anymore. Not into it. No wonder he was able to take such good pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> They're just selfies. <laughs> Soon after, Betty realized Spider-Man had only been trying to help her in Venice, but she did not want to see him again since he would remind her of her brother's death. Peter Parker continued his romance with Betty, although he believed he could never tell her that he was Spider-Man. Betty, fearful without justification that Peter cared more about his classmate Liz Allen than he did her. Okay. That is, there's no justification for that. Liz Allen, then, oh wait, then he told, then he did for her, sorry. This misunderstanding led to strains in their relationship with Peter. Eventually, Betty began dating the Daily Beagle's reporter, Edward Ned Leeds. Leeds soon proposed to Betty, but she was still in love with Peter. However, Peter decided that being Spider-Man made him an unsuitable husband for Betty, and he was unintentionally tried to alienate her. Although she still felt drawn to Peter, Betty finally decided to accept Lee's proposal. However, Betty and Peter remain close friends to this day. I need to know the ages yeah. of everyone involved yeah. right now. How old was Betty Brandt when he joined the Daily Bugle? Because I know Peter Parker was still in high school. Well, it did say that she dropped out of high school. Well, she's young. Okay, so she, you know, maybe she's like 16, 17. Maybe she's like, you know, 18 or whatever. Yeah. But if. Because Peter Parker was 15, canonically, when he first became Spider-Man. Yes. So we have that. Okay. And that would be in 63. So they would have to be around, maybe like, you know, maybe a year or two different. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. That's what Yeah, it's just that she Wait. dropped out of high school to become Jameson's secretary. Yes, and which in the 60s would have been actually acceptable. Um. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, which is, you know. Not great, um, but. Uh. But why I'm asking about the ages is Ned. Oh, that's true. Oh. Like. Oh. Oh. Was Ned a presumably grown man? Even if he was in his 20s, dating a teenager? Or was, like, Peter Parker punching up in age? <laughs> or like, how many years after she started did they start dating? Yes. Like, when did they start dating? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Because, like, because either, and I don't want to besmirch her, she's into teen boys uh, as an adult. Uh, or there's this older man, older than her man, who is a reporter, is a, uh, into teen girls. Because uh, I know this is a fairly early thing. I wonder when it started. Yeah, neither of those possibilities are good. Ugh. Now I want to see when when did Ned Leeds first show up? He, I know he's Hobgoblin, so. Uh, uh, uh. The Amazing Spider-Man number eighteen. Okay, yeah, that old that that man was perfect on a team. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Cool. Gross. Yeah, because if she dropped out of high school, that means she had to be a teenager. Because she was a because she was working at the Daily Bugle. Which when Peter Parker which, was working. Yeah, there. and she was still a teenager. Oh God, that's gross. Well, I mean, it's not as bad as uh, James, Hud James Hudson grooming a six-year-old uh, girl so he can marry her when she turned 18. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, we got that out of the way. Okay, so 
After the engagement lasted years, Betty was fi- Betty and Ned were finally married. The ceremony was interrupted by a costume uh, criminal Mirage, who Spider-Man then captured. J uh, Triple J sent uh, Betty and Ned's to Paris on an all-expense-paid working honeymoon, but it, but the marriage was doomed at the start. Once in France, she began noticing a subtle change in Ned's behavior, where he became totally consumed by his work. While Ned was on one assignments with uh, with the, while Ned was on one assignment or another as an American, with no friends and unable to speak French, Betty began to feel lonelier than before she was married. As Ned was covering an insurrection in Cyprus, Betty separated from Ned and flew back to New York where she sought consoling arms of one good friend, Peter Parker, who had been jilted by Mary Jane Watson. And I assume they had a, like, they probably made out and be like, oh, that was weird. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done that. Uh, gross. You know, I, I thought it was okay. You know, I thought this was an okay thing. I thought maybe I was still but, into you, but... Ugh. I mean, not that you're not, oh, no, 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 no it's okay. No, I understand. I felt the same thing. No, like, so, you know, friends only. <laughs> <laughs> but, ooh. Yeah, um, once Ned discovered Betty's disappearance, he... Oh, I thought he knew about the separation. Okay. I, I didn't remember that part. Well, he was in Cyprus, which is a different country. In a different country. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, because, uh, you know, American... It's... Uh, it's around, stuff. it's like close to Greece. It's a pretty small country. Okay. It's one of the islands around Greece. Okay, so, yeah, but once Ned discovered Betty's disappearance, he returned to New York and found his wife in Peter's company. He told Peter to take his hands off his wife, then punched him in the jaw. Later, Ned tried to force Peter to never see Betty again, but that's, mm, mm. yeah, you should separate from this man, yeah. uh, Betty, uh, Betty. Uh, Peter bitterly announced that he never wanted to see either of them again, telling Betty that he only was interested in her to make Barry Jane jealous. Okay, okay, Peter. Okay, Peter. Uh, he hoped that uh, this lie would bring the couple back together. Okay, oh, that was a lie. Okay. You know what? That's... Mm, okay, still bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. He hoped that this lie <laughs> would help bring the couple back together, but said Betty slapped Peter and broke down in tears. Ned cascaded. Uh, Peter, the big and necessarily cruel, <laughs> this, but, left, but then left with Betty. Okay. Uh, that's just a disaster. Like, yeah, that's bad. Um, well, to be fair, it is. I mean, it feels very much like a Peter Parker It thing really do. does, uh, actually. <laughs> so, uh, so, taking a leave of absence from their work at the Daily Bugle to work things out, Ned and Betty began to rethink their marriage. During this period, however, a strain of Ned's job and marriage began to take toll on his mind. Betty was still having nightmares about Spider-Man, and Ned blamed his failed marriage on the Rock Crawler's influence. Nah, nah, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. I'm just gonna say, real quick. That's like, that's like if I had a relationship and I blamed, I blamed it on, like, Jason Momoa. <laughs> or something like that, I feel like, yeah. It's all Jason yeah, Momoa's fault. He's so beautiful. Yeah, he, yeah, he's too hot. And my, and my partner thinks about them a lot. All the time. Every day they think about him. He has that notch in his eyebrow. Oh, he's so hot. 
vowing to rid the world of Spider-Man and informant Led Ned. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a basically Led Ned an old out, uh, hideout of the late uh, Green Goblin. Killing his informant, Ned decided to use the goblin's equipment to become the costume criminal known as Hobgoblin. <gasps> as Hobgoblin, Ned grew increasingly estranged from his wife Betty, who had no idea who her that her husband was a secret criminal. Uh, after almost being gunned down by Sin Eater, Betty this time turned to her longtime friend Flash Thompson for solace. They also like had a weird makeout system, uh, you know, it's all weird. And then they were like, um, oh, just friends. That's all right. Ah, uh, you know, uh, you know, we tried. Uh, <laughs> Ned suspe- suspected that they were having an affair, and then he captured Thompson and framed him for being the hobgoblin. Yeah, it's your fault, Ned. Come on. Um, escaping from police custody, Thompson eventually found uh, refuge with Betty Leeds after her husband moved out of the apartment. Hobgoblin attacked Thompson at Betty's apartment, where he unmasked and saw. His that she saw his true face, this revelation pushed her already fragile mind over the edge. Shortly thereafter, Ned left for Berlin on assignment where he was assassinated. Ironically, he last thought to tell the absent Betty that he was sorry. I'm gonna just say, you have to do a little bit more than just say I'm sorry. Yeah, like you should um, probably pay for her therapy for the next 20 years. Well, he was dead. Oh, and he died. Ah, uh, put it in your will. <laughs> Yeah. I guess she technically you know, will- when you were assassinated. I guess she'll technically get his life insurance. Yeah, technically. Yeah. But I'm just gonna say, you gotta do a little bit more than that. You know, I believe that you can bounce back from just about anything with enough effort. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. but technically saying I'm sorry is the first part. Yeah. And then with enough introspection uh, and actual personal change, you can maybe- uh, build back up your reputation, but that's no guarantee that that person will take you back. Also, you were, you did try to kill one of her friends multiple times because you thought they were banging. And framed him for being you. Yeah, you know, it's... What dick? No one's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Poe body's perfect. Poe body's perfect. You know? Um, in such a fragile state of mind, Betty was easy pickings for the young recruiter working for a fraction known as a faction known as the Cult of Love and the Promise of Love and Spiritual Healing offered to, uh, he offered her was too good to pass. After losing everything in the world she had ever loved, Betty relinquished her possessions to a man only known as Teacher. Um, the one man who she believed could help her. Teacher was a consummate carn artist who led the Cult of Love. His specialty was convincing people he could perform miracles. His most effective scam was displaying healing powers in very graphic ways, largely due, largely in part, in, to Flash's characteristically bold behavior. He and Spider-Man literally brought the cult of love operation down around Teacher's ears, who perished in a confra- con- conflagration. I like that word, I can never say it. Conflagration. Conflagration. Yeah. In his New Jersey house of of House of Worship. Betty Brant was successfully deprogrammed, but all of her worldly possessions either perished in the fire or were sold by the cult. No place to live. Betty took up residence with Thompson. Uh, during the evening of City Ride Chaos, referred to as Inferno, Flash Thompson's domicile was attacked by two demons, one posing as Spider-Man 
the other as Betty's dead husband. Ironically, it was during this co uh, confrontation that Betty began to come up, come to grips with reality. She, uh, while she fought for her life against the demon that resembled Ned, she witnessed the spirit of her real husband prompting her to stand up and start fighting her own battles. Whether the apparition was just the true spirit of Ned or just a fragment of Betty's imagination is still unclear. With renewed uh, vigor and inspiration, Betty took the initiative and led Thompson out of the apartment, narrowly escaping the blast of the makeshift bomb she manufactured with uh, Thompson's old broken outdoor gas heater. Jesus! Uh, you know, that is definitely fighting a battle. I like... I like how they're like, Betty was either hallucinating or it was the ghost of her husband. Either way, she was throwing hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Betty is learning how to enjoy a new life, and she's currently working as a part-time secretary for Kate Cushing, city editor of the Daily Bugle. So, yep. She is 5'7", taller than me. Taller than me. Um, yep. I weighs 125, brown hair, brown, uh, brown eyes. And she, you know, she does some exercise. And she has no superpowers. Well, she does have the superpower of making a fucking bomb, apparently. And yeah. fighting a ghost. Well, to be fair, like, make... Okay, hey, NSA, this is this is all in Minecraft, by the way. I'm talking about Minecraft. It's not hard to make a bomb. Yeah, you take the, uh, the coal block, and then you take, a, like, a brick block, and you put them together, and that's how you make TNT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 really not that hard to make a bomb. Just go on the you know, in Minecraft. I would make them all the time in the middle of the summer when I had no supervision. <laughs> so, you just go on the wiki. There's the <laughs> recipe. Yep, I would definitely not make bombs in real life, but only in Minecraft in the middle of a country. Yeah, when I had fifty acres surrounding me in in Minecraft. In Minecraft. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. Betty yeah. Betty figured out who she is. I hope she punches every fucking ghost in the face. Yeah. Especially her uh, ex-husband's ghost. Yeah. Well, let's uh I think we're just gonna end it. So, um what do you what do you have to watch? Um, so you should go read my webcomic. It's called Grace's Wings. You can find it at graceswings.com. It's an urban horror fantasy. Um, it's fun. There's spooky stuff. Follow your dreams. It's all there. Uh, lots of gay stuff, if that's what you want, which it should be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go to graceswings.com. Go read some spooky gay stuff. So, uh, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called, uh, Into Riverdale, where me, or Into the Rewatch, where me and my friend, uh, Daniel, uh, watch... Well, currently we're watching Riverdale episode by episode. Um, when by the time this comes out, we're gonna be about the end of season two, which um uneven, but it definitely picks up in the last four episodes because they realize they needed to end uh, a lot of plot lines. <laughs> um, so, They're like, oh you know, right, we're writing a TV <laughs> <real> show. <fun. laughs> wait, wait, did we take a almost eight? Uh, eight episode diversion with this person who has literally, who by the way is literally just some person Betty randomly picked up at a hostel. Um, wow, wait, wasn't there a whole like I don't know serial killer? 
thing going on. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, and there was, it turns out. <laughs> oh, right. There was a murder. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love Riverdale. Yeah, there's multiple murders. It's very good. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, you can, you can uh, listen to that. You can also, if you feel like it, go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram where you can share and, and whatnot the, uh, the episodes, uh, episode links and also look at the pictures of the people are talking about. If you feel like giving me some money, you can always, you can always go to at well, patreon.com slash alphabet flight or, you know, you can also support me through rate, reviewing and subscribing on your podcast of choice. Um, this has been Alphabet Flight and may country protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Bye. Thank you.